Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Clifford. I'm your Shomer, and um, it has been a few days. I can't say it's been quite close to a week yet, but it's been a few days, and we're back. And um, here we're here to talk about what else? Nothing but football, right? Um, I've always said before, and I'll say it again, this is not a religious show, a political show. This is, this is a man's opinion on the world of football. Uh, as far as this episode goes, we'll talk about we'll talk about a former quarterback. And he was uh, pretty much, I guess in a way you want to say he was bashing his team, you could say that, but he was he was saying something derogatory about his organs, about his former football team, and what he feels what he feels about the team currently right now. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about if he is justified in his comments, or, or maybe he is not. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what was sure to was sure to come was the. Uh, firing of Brandon Staley and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. It was not a surprise. We knew it was coming. We figured maybe Staley would finish out the year, but unfortunately, the Stainless family says no. Excuse me, the Stainless family says no. That's not enough. He's out of here. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what, what we can see from, what we can hear from the Chargers moving forward. Uh, and a team, we'll talk about a team, we haven't really talked about that much here recently, but a team that AFC East might be a team to fear in the playoffs. And no, it's not the Miami Dolphins. Actually, it's not them. They'll make the playoffs. But there's a team that's there's a team that's starting to make some noise late. They, had, they were fading, but now all of a sudden they're making noise. We'll talk about them and if they, if they did make the playoffs, did they have a chance to surprise a team a few people? And for the last thing we'll kind of go off the beaten path. We'll go I want to talk a little about college football and we'll talk about something that's kind of like ruined has more the college the game of college football. I'm sure based, you know, I'm sure basketball and football is ruined in both ways. We'll talk about that and, and a lot of the there are some coaches in the NCAA that actually probably feel the way that I feel that my publicly has said that. But we'll talk about that a little bit. We won't talk much about college football, but we will do it so much so in this episode. Uh, for those who join me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please, have always stated, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers. Please, invite them all in. I've always said before, and I'll say it again, we're all family, we're all family and friends here. Again, like I said not a few minutes, just a few seconds ago, one man's opinion on the world of football. And for those who have from day one, I want to thank you for doing so. And please, again, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers as well. Whenever you need, please invite them all in. If you got any questions for me whatsoever, reach me on Facebook and Spotify. Two spots you can reach me up, reach me out, and any question whatsoever. Um, it could be, uh, how do I feel that your team had? What is my opinion on your team if they make the playoffs? How far do I think that they're going to go? And that's something who I think is going to be the MVP. Yes, any, any type of question whatsoever, please by all means, please, you know, please. I'll be, I'll be happy to answer any, I'll take up time any episode to answer your question. Well, I'll do an entire episode for answering all of your questions. Because again, your opinions and your opinions matter, matter to me. Um, hopefully here in a few more episodes, we'll, we'll, we're getting there, we'll, we'll reach the 300th plateau, which is something that I didn't think I would ever get to. I mean, I we probably could have gotten to this probably sooner, but again, I was out, out of, uh, didn't do much for three months, and again, that's kind of my fault. Um, that's really my 
fall. We kind of missed the first, what, nine, ten weeks of the season for you guys. And that's, that's something that I will constantly keep apologizing for. I kind of wish that I would have, um, I really wish that I would have, you know, been, you know, I guess been with you and talked more about football. But I didn't do, didn't do that. I've always seen you work as one of the biggest, it's, it's the biggest kickback for me as I'm always working night shifts. I don't get a chance to sit down. Um, if I have a day off like today, for example, I'll get a chance to actually do an episode. Um, if I do an episode, I might try to do one later on, maybe. If not, we'll probably do some on Thursday. If I'm off Thursday, we'll do some on Thursday. We'll catch up. Um, and for those, uh, Thursday night game, we have, we have the Rams, the LA Rams, and the New Orleans Saints. Should be interesting. Should be a very interesting game. I believe there's a couple of games on Saturday. If I'm not mistaken, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here in a few minutes. But the Bengals have surprisingly played out, played like fairly well here lately. Since losing to Joe Burrow, uh, it seems like Jake Browning has stepped in and done a fairly good job. And actually, the Bengals still have the winning record. They still have an outside shot making playoffs. I'll have to do. We'll have to do another episode. At some point, we'll talk about the Bengals and possibly their playoff chances if they if if they can reach it. I again, I I know that I I have an answer for that already for you, but I'll wait for a future episode maybe for to uh, certainly talk talk about that. Um, and I believe you'll have the Buffalo Bills against the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. Actually, there are two teams we'll talk about in this episode. This season, we'll talk about this episode. Some some good, some bad. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about them here in a uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, before I jump into the world of football, I want to thank my uh, you know Facebook my Facebook followers. Whether you're a musician, a blogger, uh, you know a digital creator, whatever the case is, or you're a business, a restaurant, whatever the case is, please, I want to thank you by my heart for at least following me, and uh, please by all means. Tell your clientels, your fans, your bandmates, you know, whomever, please. Tell them about the Flea Flicker podcast. Um, I think I've bored you. I think I've bored you enough. Let's jump into what we're here to talk about the world of football, right? And let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's talk about a recent uh, Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger has talked about in a, I believe in his podcast, and he does a podcast. Who doesn't do a podcast nowadays, right? Um, he talked about, I think it was last week, he talked about the uh, his, his former Pittsburgh Steelers, and he talked about um, that the Pittsburgh Steelers way is just not there, it's just not there no more. Now, we talked about a couple episodes ago, well, we probably talked last episode, I believe, about the Patriot way, it's, it's, it's kind of dead and buried. But now it appears, according to Big Ben, that the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers way is, is kind of dead, is, is dead and buried. Now, if you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, certainly you know all about the those seventies teams, where it seemed like you had it, it seemed like you had majority of that roster were were Hall of Famers. You had a Hall of Fame coach Chuck Noll, Hall of Fame quarterback Perry Bradshaw, Hall of Fame running back Frank Harris, Hall of Fame receiver Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. You had a Hall of Fame center Mike Webster, Hall of Fame linebackers Jack Lambert, Jack Hamm. Uh, you know, uh, Hall of Fame defensive tackle Joe Green. Hall of Fame safety, Donnie Shell. You know, Hall of Fame cornerback, Mel Blunt. So you kinda you kinda get the point where I'm getting at. 
fact that you had, you, yeah, like the half the team were a bunch of Hall of Famers, and there's probably some guys on the team that I've forgotten. I mean, I remember guys like Rocky Blyer, Elsie Greenwood, just a couple more names to throw at the team. Pretty much those were uh, Andy was Andy Russell, a linebacker, pretty decent linebacker for those teams. Again, it was a talented ball club. I mean, from top to bottom, it was a talented team. And of course, back in the Pittsburgh Steelers in the seventies, didn't have to deal with free agency and all that stuff to break up their team. Yeah, and you didn't have the money that teams today have way back way back in the day, so to speak. The Roonies, you know, the Roonies always did an outstanding job when they took over. I mean, you think about it, three head football coaches in the last last what umpteen years it seems like you've had you've gone from Chuck Noll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. So I mean, yeah, so there's not a lot of coaching changes within Pittsburgh Steelers organization. They believe in stability. And that's the one thing I can respect about the Steelers. They'll give a head football coach pretty much every chance under the sun to succeed. And again, don't get me wrong. I mean, they've had some pretty solid general managers, some solid drafts for many, many years. I mean, we just got to talking about the uh, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame team that they had there. Um, but again, Big Ben feels that, that 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 tradition is no longer is certainly no longer there, and nobody and there's the Steelers way is pretty much gone. Well. Edward Ben says that nobody's being held accountable for a lot of stuff that's going, you know, for a lot of stuff that's uh, been going about going on. Of course, it does have an issue with the offensive coordinator and the offense itself in general. You have, you know, and again, Ben says, "Well, that's one thing." Now, I don't think Ben has any derogatory things to say about former former uh, offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Now, you got Ben has to understand. I mean, Ben had a pretty good win. Ben was playing for so many years for the Steelers. Well, maybe not to full end of his career, but you got to look at the talent. I mean, Ben had a lot of talent on the on those teams. Back, yeah, back, in, yeah, he had some teams. You had guys like Heinz Ward, yeah, who, yeah. There was many others on that team that held people accountable. But nowadays, it's like you don't have people really that can help help you accountable. Now, I can't really say that totally because you got guys like Cameron Hayward. That would help. That that can be vocal at times. Guys like T.J. Watt, who it seems like be always uh, always in the defensive player of the year running, right? He always seems to be. Uh, Michael Fitzpatrick, of course, he seems to be an accountable leader because you know you, you remember a couple of weeks back, him and Deontay Johnson were kind of bickering, bickering back and forth. But the bottom line is, you know, a lot of people have always gotten on Mike Tom, Mike Tomlin the last few years for. You know, for let's say losing the locker room, so to speak. But Mike Tomlin is a players' coach, and Mike might give his players a little more, a little more of a leash, so to speak. He might, he might let them, you know, he like he'll let them bring their frustration out, you know, in public and whatever else. But then he tries his best to pull them back in. But sometimes, what you say, if you say something in public, yeah, and sometimes it's hard to take back. You know, again. You had Deontay Johnson, Michael Fitzpatrick thing. Um, you know, the offensive coordinator, Matt Kennedy, struggling of the offensive coordinator. Now, now again, I know with, with that is it's, you know, Kenny Pickett, a lot of people are upset that Kenny has not taken strides in his second year. And again, you know, a lot of people are comparing Kenny to, let's say, C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud had, has had a good rookie year. Oh, and he's being, he said, well, 
How come Kenny can't put like CJ's doing this year? You know, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, again, it's hard, dude. It's it's hard. I mean, let's be honest with you. Peyton Manning, when he came in the league, he didn't exactly like the oil on fire when he came in the league. It took him maybe a second year or third year, then Peyton got him. Now, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, let's be honest with you. Tom Brady was a backup quarterback when his first year in the league. Once got into Miami, he never came out. So, again, I mean, it, but I'm, again, I'm not going to compare Kenny Pickett to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. That's kind of a stretching it again. But again, you got to understand the frustration for the Pittsburgh show. It's faithful that there's nothing, you know, that has not, you know, that has not, that Kenny Pickett and the offense has not taken off. Not to say they don't have any talent on the offense. You've got two talented running backs, Najee, you know, Najee Harris, Jalen Moore, two talented players. And again, let's be honest with you, when the Steelers were, when the Steelers had, when you, you all back with Franco Harris, and Rocky Blyer. You had a nice little one-two punch in those in those two. Now years later years later, you had a guy, was it Barry Foster, right? Was it Rashard Mendenhall? Yeah, just a couple of names to throw out there that had some decent years as a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, again that one time they had even the bus, Jerome Bettis there, you know. They had some talented running back and, and running, running the football was always the Steeler way. It was the running the football and solid defense. That was the biggest thing. Now, granted, granted, you did have Terry Bradshaw years ago. And Terry did not exactly light the world on fire when he first, yeah, when he first came to the NFL. Him and uh, Chuck Noll burned heads an awful lot. But at the end of the day, he did win. He did win four Super Bowls. Now you can make a case that Terry had a, top, a very talented team around him, and that's a fair assessment. Big Ben, when Big Ben came away, Big Ben eventually started getting talent around him. Now, again, you go back to the offense again. Talented, you know, talented, you got a couple talented running backs. The offense line was an issue for Pittsburgh Steelers a few years back. Now, as time has gone on, Pittsburgh has gotten a little bit better on the offensive line. It could still use, be, use a little work, but it's a lot better than it was, let's say, a few years ago. Now, you take over the talent. Yes, you got Deontay Johnson, you got George Pickens. I mean, you got Allen Robinson, who's been a veteran in this league, a solid, yeah. I mean, you've got three solid guys. Pat Fiermuth is one of the better tight ends in this league. Again, it's not like that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have talent on the offensive side of the ball. They do. The biggest thing is, can Kenny Pickett? And again, again, Mitchell Trubisky's not going to replace, you know, Kenny Pickett. And then again, you got to look at it this way. The, and then Mason Rudolph is not going to make people forget, is not going to make people forget the big bench and Terry Bradshaw's little pro. But again, with the struggles, I guess with Big Ben is, the Big Ben's point is, as far as the locker room goes, again, Ben says, you know, Ben, I, Big Ben's point of view is the Fitzpatrick and Deontay Johnson thing never should have happened because you don't have leaders to pull to pull the reins back in. Well, you got guys like Cameron Hayward, and you got a guy like Michael Fitzpatrick or TJ Watt. It's not like you don't have, like, leaders on the team. You do have some leaders on the team. You do have at least a few that can pull the reins back in, and you know, and say, "Hey guys, you know, we're in the we're in, we're in the playoff chase. Our playoff chase is starting to fade. Lost the last couple of weeks, and of course, there's been rumors floating around that maybe Mike Tomlin could end up losing his job finally. Now, Mike Tomlin again has not has never had a losing record since he's become a Pittsburgh Steelers head football coach. He's not had a losing record. 
to me that's saying a lot, but nowadays it's like, what have you done for me lately? When's the last time you got us a Super Bowl? When's the last time you won us a Super Bowl? You know, and again, that's from the boss. But again, I mean, I can, I don't blame, again, I don't blame people for, and don't get me wrong, I mean, Big Ben, Big Ben has had a, has a stellar career, probably a future Hall of Famer. He's won, he's, you know, he's won some Super Bowls, so it's not like Big Ben, I mean, sometimes Big Ben's weight can't carry a little something in Pittsburgh, just a little something. But the problem is, with Pittsburgh, you think about it, in a way, yes, things had gone by the wayside. I mean, you gotta remember, let's all remember Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown was stuck in the locker room, blowing up on the sidelines, and stuff like that. So even when Big Ben was there, there wasn't, let's say, there might have been a little wrong. Maybe not the big. I mean, what kind of? How's the word I can move on? There's not locker room presence. I mean, let's be honest with you. Big Ben was not really what I consider the biggest locker room presence. To me, I never thought Big Ben was. Now, you know, I mean, Big Ben might have tried to tell you know, the crew that hey, he might have tried to convince the public that he was a you know that he was a leader in the locker room. But to be honest with you, Big Ben wasn't that much of a leader in the locker room. But again, yes, you can make the argument that I mean, Mike Tomlin did to let things slide, and he let some things slide over the years. And now it's gotten to the point where you cannot pull, you know, can't pull the reins back in. And again, Pittsburgh is sliding. There's a possibility that Pittsburgh could barely miss the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs, you know, after, you know, they lost two games, let's say they lost two games in a row, they lost a little slip down, the quarterback situation. They get hurt. Trubisky has not done much. It got so bad that Mason Rudolph, or Mason Rudolph showed up and even played a little bit towards the end. Now, there's an outside shot. Pickett could play this week, but that's an outside shot. That's not definite. Again, they're playing Cincinnati Bengals, that team that they, they've already beaten this year. Now, for some reason, the Bengals need to have more law signs of life on all, all of a sudden. Now, again, the Bengals could deal another blow. Jamar Chase may not play because of a shoulder injury, so again, that could benefit the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, the Steelers still have that, still have a good defense. To me, I look for Pittsburgh to actually put a lot of pressure on Jake, on Jake Browning. Now, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, who is correct, has stepped up his game and has been a, a running, has been running the football a little bit more than they did under Joe Burrow. And actually, that seems to help out Jake Browning. Mixon has you know, stepped up his game, has played well. Now, again, the good news, T. Higgins, he is back. Higgins caught two touchdown passes, uh, you know, just this past week. And again, that was T. Higgins that I have come to know, come to know. Again, you still have Tolliver. Again, there seems to be a new weapon in Chase Brown from, uh, who came from the University of Illinois. And I believe Chase, a few years back, I believe he led the Big Ten in rushing. So again, and this guy is explosive. You know, defensively, defensively, the Bengals have not played that bad of a defense, really. And, but again, it gets interesting to I me. Mean, could the Bengals beat the Steelers? I'm not saying it's not about the possibility they could do it, but Pittsburgh has an opportunity here to do it now. If Pickett can go, it looks like Mason Rudolph could probably be the quarterback. And again, if that's the case, then you have to rely on the running game, a Najee Harris, a Jerry Moore. You have to, to rely on the running game a little more. Not saying that Rudolph can't get the ball, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens is a little I'm not saying that he can't. But to be honest with you, if Mason plays, I might have to say the Bengals might have a slight edge on the Steelers. And that's, and that's kind of hard to say, 
and I'll take my vigils from this week, but from what I've seen at Cincinnati and what I've seen in Pittsburgh the last couple of weeks, looks like the woman has changed. But for Ben, for Ben, his point of view is locker room. You gotta have that guy that's gotta pull the reins. And to me, it's not that, like I said, it's not that they don't have guys that can pull the reins. Pulling, you've got a few players that can do that and have tried that. But of course, like I said today, the media. The media is not like back in the seventies, back in the, back in the Pittsburgh Steelers heydays, where maybe you could have kept some things quiet and you had a tough coach in Chuck Noll. Now Mike Tomlin can be a tough football coach, and I've seen Mike, I've seen Mike Tomlin be a tough football coach. And yes, he has jumped on the media. You know, he has got on the media's case. So you know, so Mike, he might be a player's coach. Mike can get down, can get down to the degree. And he can, you know, he can lay into the players. And to me, maybe that's something Mike needs to do. Maybe he needs to lay into these players. You know, maybe, maybe light a fire under. Maybe that's what it's going to take, take for Pittsburgh to get back to, you know, you straighten out Pittsburgh. Maybe that's what it's going to take. Now, to me, I don't know if I see Mike even losing his job. Let's say, for example, let's say they, let's say they end up nagging me for the sake of argument. Do I see Mike losing his job? I don't know if I see Mike losing his job. I really don't. It's a talented team. It's not. It's got talent on the wall. It's a talented team. Mike is still a pretty decent football coach. I mean, who do you think will come in and it's going to, it's going to take? It's going to take Pittsburgh to the next level. Do you see Bill Belichick going to Pittsburgh? Now that would be an interesting thought, but I don't know if I see Pittsburgh. I don't know if I see Belichick dealing with Kenny Pickett. I don't know if I see that. Again, but do you do you say to yourself, you know what? Maybe we need to draft a quarterback. Another quarterback. I don't know if I see the Steelers doing that. I see the Steelers maybe more offensive line help. Maybe, you know, more offensive line help. Maybe some, you know, maybe some, um, you know, more defensive help. Maybe, maybe, you know, a pass rusher. Maybe an extra linebacker. Some secondary help. I can see Pittsburgh still doing that, but I don't see them getting a quarterback. But for Ben, Ben, ben is looking at his former team, and he's shaking his head, and he's wondering, what, you know, what's, what's going on in Pittsburgh. Things are going fine. And all of a sudden, it's just all of a sudden they're not, something's missing. But for Ben, Ben has to look at it, look at himself deep down inside. Ben was not like considered the proverbial locker room leader. You had guys like Heinz Ward. They were more of a locker room leader, not Big Ben. I, to me, I mean, you know, Ben, I think Ben went out there, did what he could do, you know, but he wasn't a locker room leader. I don't know if Ben held people accountable. I really don't know if he ever did or not. But for Ben, I get it. It's more it's, for Ben. It's more frustration than anything else. And seeing his former team falling by the wayside again, I don't think he came out and really said. I don't think he was getting so much on Mike Tomlin's case, but I think he kind of nitpicked at his former head football coach. And maybe Mike, you know, maybe and again, we just said this. Maybe Mike needs to reach out, grab the reins, and say, guys. We're losing it. We had a chance to go into the playoffs. Now, let's be honest with you. If you take a look at the division, doesn't everybody, everybody in the AFC North have a, have a winning record? I, and I think so. You can look it up. I mean, the Ravens are what? Right now, the Ravens might be the top, what? C in the AFC right now, maybe. Then Cleveland. It seems like Cleveland's got a little bit of resurgence under Joe Flacco all of a sudden. And again, you know, again, Pittsburgh, again, Pittsburgh's got a winning record. Even Cincinnati, I believe, has got a winning record. So again, everybody, it's, it's a tough division. But again, one thing Pittsburgh does have going for them is Cincinnati has not even won a, 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 division, a division game this year. 
Ace Pitcher can say that, but Cincinnati can't, and that can, that's going to ruin Cincinnati's chances probably of even sniffing the playoffs. But for Pittsburgh, they could write the ship and get it to go out there and beat Cincinnati. I believe it's on Saturday, this Saturday, where they can maybe, you know, get the ship right, win a game, and have to win. I'd say they would have to win their rest of their games outright. And again, they they got some tough games ahead, but for Ben, I get Ben's point of view. Ben is frustrated that his former team is not playing well, but Ben has to kind of think about what he's saying about the locker room, the locker room leaders. Because to me, Ben was not what I consider a locker room leader. I never saw Ben as that type of guy. Ben had old players on the team that were locker room leaders, not Ben. And maybe Ben feels that Mike Tomlin needs to step up, and I get it. I understand it. Maybe Mike does need to step up, but I don't see Mike losing his job. And again, we said this before, the Rooney's are not going to fire, are not going to fire. I don't see the Rooney's firing Mike Tomlin. I really don't. So for Mike, I mean, so for Big Ben, and Ben's been critical of this team this year, but Ben's got to realize for the last couple of years in this league, Ben didn't exactly like the world on fire. And he had, of course, he had, Ben had injuries the last few years in this league. But again, Ben didn't like the world on fire. At least Tom Brady, when Tom Brady went out, at least Tom Brady was still productive. productive. I mean, when Peyton Manning went out, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl, not having Peyton Manning's best year, but Peyton had injuries. But Peyton won a, Peyton won a Super Bowl, and he had the worst year of his career, maybe, or close to worst, the worst yeah, season of his career, very close to it. He won a Super Bowl. Then, when Ben went out, Ben kind of went out with, with a whimper. He didn't go out like these guys did. And for Ben, the locker room leader thing, You've got a few. You've got a couple of guys in that, in that locker room that can, can can take initiative, pull them to the side. Maybe have one of those player on meetings, right? And there's some guys that get sit back, take you know, take it. You know, Cam Hayward, Cam Hayward could take a, you know, could uh, jump in. Fitzpatrick could jump in, and I get it. But I get it. Ben knows the steel. Maybe the steel way is not there anymore. But again, free agency has, has taken taken a lot away from any any NFL team. You have you have a roster turnover every single year, but again, there are two guys on my team that can certainly lead. That certainly can lead. They still you know pull the reins in. But for Ben, as far as as the locker room leadership goes, Ben wasn't a locker room leader that he might lead people to believe. But again, at the end of the day, we'll see if Pittsburgh can straighten it out. We'll see if Pickett can come back. And he can't take it like he did down the stretch last year because, again, his improved play down the stretch last year got Pittsburgh in the back door. And again, it's still possible, yes. But can he come back from his injury? And if he cannot do that, then I hate to say it, Pittsburgh's chance of making the playoffs may be very well slim, slim at best. And then again, in future podcasts, I'm sure Big Ben will probably go off on his team that much more. Well, I guess... I guess we said we start off the top of the show. We figured the inevitable was going to happen that Brandon Stone was going to be fired from the uh, chart, yeah, from the yeah, from charge table position. They also fired the uh, general manager as as well. So now it seems like it seems like the Chargers will be looking for a new GM and new head football, football coaches all season. Now, current members, there's the current 
coaching staff, I would not think they're going to be back next year, next year, unless they really do a heck of a job. But of course, they've got a tough, tough task coming up this Saturday against State. It appears to be a red hot Buffalo Bills team. Now, again, again, this this kind of started last year when the Chargers actually got their playoffs. We all know about the debacle they had against Jacksonville. They were just beating the tar out of Jacksonville the first half, and all of a sudden the wheels fell off. Now again, this year there was a lot of promise, and again it did not deliver. And the Chargers, are, I believe, are eliminated. From playoff contention now, Justin Herbert, you know, he is done for the year. Um, you know, I think Keenan Allen he missed last week's game. I don't know if he'll be back this week or not. You've got Easton Stick now as the uh, quarterback, and Easton's been in the organization for like four or five years now. So, right now, he is a quarterback the rest of the way. Now, again, we have talked about this in previous in previous episode, previous episode, but the Chargers it's it's always. It's hard, it's hard to understand. The Chargers, for the last several years, have always had talent. They've had one of the most talented teams in all the NFL. I mean, right now, you've got a 25-year-old quarterback, Justin Herbert, who's still got probably another 10, 11, 12 years left in him. Again, now, the running game, Austin Eckler hasn't had, any, hasn't had any, uh, a good year this year. He's had some injuries. He's missed a couple of games. And Eckler's a free agent after the season. I mean, remember the talks of trading Austin somewhere before the season began, but they did not do so. They restructured his contract, gave him a little bit more money, but he's going to be gone. Now, Joshua Kelly, I don't believe, I don't know his contract stats, but he's probably not going to be back next season. So they're probably an all-new running game. Now, the offensive line, the offensive line, the last couple of years, they spent the draft trying to build that offensive line to protect Justin Herbert. Now, again, it hasn't. It hasn't been the best in the world, and again, that's something that I'm sure they'll look at in the offseason as well, whether it's a free agency, you go back to the draft. Now, Keenan Allen, now Keenan, Keenan, I believe, will be 33, maybe. I think Keenan's going to be 32 or 33 years old next next season. Could there be a chance that Keenan Allen could be gone from the Chargers? And again, Keenan's been just nervous, most reliable target. Mike Williams, now Mike Williams, talented player, but talented Mike always gets hurt every single year. You know, again, the tight end situation. The tight end situation to me has not has not been addressed since Hunter Henry left the Chargers. And defense, yeah, can't you got Bosa, you got Khalil Mack, you got Derwin James, Sonny Samuel Jr. Yeah, you've got talent on the defensive side of the ball, but for whatever reason it is, this is a team that gave up with sixty three points to the to the uh, to Vegas to the uh, Vegas Raiders here, and uh, Aiden O'Connell threw four touchdowns on them. So it's hard to fathom and it's hard to believe that the, yeah, the Chargers are that are that are that bad off, and it's hard to understand. Now, I'm sure there's speculation. There was one speculation that Belichick could would be perfect for the Chargers. You have a young quarterback, and Justin Herbert, and you know maybe, you know. But again, again, there's got there's there's money. I believe the Chargers are worth thirty million. If I read correctly over the cap, they were the decision they made. I mean, does Keenan Allen come back? Do you maybe trade to Mike Williams because because he's been injured prone? Um, you know, Eckler's going to be gone. Do you trade Joey Bosa because Bosa hurt himself the last couple of years? Uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has been reductive this year, but do you think about trading Khalil Mack? You give Derwin James a 
good contract, you know, this, this past all season, I believe. I mean, do you, do you do you get rid of him because of his contract? Because that's something that that whoever the new general manager is coming in, a new head football coach, that's something they're gonna have to sit back and, and you know and think about a little bit more. And again, going into next season, the Chargers may may have an on the look. And let's say the Chiefs, the Chiefs may you look at the division from the Chiefs. I guess the Chiefs will still be around one of the tops. Denver, you know, Denver, Denver's had his ups and downs this year, and I think there was a spat between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson that went off on the sidelines. I think this past week, I believe, is what I understand. I mean, and again, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders have played better ball like Aaron Pierce did against the different Josh McDaniels. Does that mean Pierce gets a job next season for the but it'll be interesting. The Chargers still have a. I mean, the Chargers have you know have a situation. They're maybe thirty million over the cap. But again, you know, if you know the GM could come in, figure a way to uh, you know, you know, do something that money to the point where you know maybe you have to give up a couple of players to get under the cap. Because you got to remember, you gave Justin Herbert a big contract, and you should be willing to go play a big contract. You will lose four or five, you know, four or five players because that one big contract. Now, again, it's still it's still an interesting spot for somebody to land in because you have to wonder how much longer do you think the Chiefs can stay on top? And the Raiders, the Raiders still got maybe another year to go with two, maybe. Denver, you don't want to have a Sean Payton Russell Wilson situation, and I'm sure Denver's going to give you some adjustments this off season. Um, maybe some adjustments on the offensive line a little bit. What about the running game? Is, is Javante Williams? Maybe he comes back on. Hopefully he comes back. He's a completely one hundred percent. That's something. That, that's something you have to look. You have to look, look at as well. This, uh, you know, this this coming off season. Uh, again, you got Colton Sutton. Do you get rid of Jerry Judy once and once and for all? You know, again, defense, defense, defense has gotten a little bit better since they cut a couple players. The defense has picked their game up. And again, Sean Payton may have might have. Put fear in this team and say, "Well, I tell you what, if you, I don't care if you're a veteran or not, if you don't produce, I gotta cut you loose, right?" But for the Chargers, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, and you have to wonder. My guess is, say that was a defensive-minded coach. My guess is, you got a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, an offensive-minded football coach. Do you see them reaching out and getting Eric in? I mean, it's a possibility. I can see Eric working with Justin Herbert. Justin's got more talent than Sam Howell. Could that be a possibility? Uh, the talk about was Ben Johnson, the um, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He's worked. He's, he's done wonders for Jerry Goff the last couple of years. Do you do you go get him and bring him bring him to Justin Herbert? Uh, there's just a couple names out right? I'm sure there's more names floating around there. You know, as far as GMs, of course, you know, they'll go around and look at you know look at different front offices and say, okay, that guy might be you know, that guy might work. Now, to me, to me, hey, maybe the Chargers need to con contact you or surely, you know, maybe I wouldn't mind going down with you know, give me, you know, give, give me about a three or four year deal or something like that, X amount of dollars, let me sit back, let me sit back and see what I can do, what I, yeah, what, what I can do. And of course, like, like the Chargers really can tell you, what, really, like the Chargers really can take them off of, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but again, for the, you know, for the Chargers, it's a team, it's a, it's, it's a, 
a lot of people would love to do the charge because they've got you know, the young know, they digest number, right? And again, there is talent there. But what if a football coach could, could come in and get in and take that talent to another level? And that's been the biggest thing. I mean, for years, Wyatt Shotgun ran good teams, but he couldn't get them all the home. You know, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn had good teams, but Anthony Lynn couldn't get I mean, Anthony Lynn, not that he got fired, but I think he had a winning record. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley had talent on that team, but Brandon could not get him all the time. And I never thought that Brandon Staley hired was a good hire for the Chargers anyway. I never thought that. But I'm interested to see what direction they go. And I still think it would be an offensive-minded coach to keep Justin Herbert and the offense going. Defensively, still got talent on the defense side of the ball. The biggest thing for the Chargers, can they ever say hold for a full 17 games? And then again, I guess no team in the NFL can say hold for a full 17 games because injuries are all part of the game, right? Very true. But, again, I've never understood the Chargers. They've got talent. There's no denying that. I mean, for me, they may be more talented top to bottom than anybody in their own division. But they can't. They just can't. You know, they just can't. For whatever reason is they can't, you know, get to, uh, I guess, get to produce. And that's been a big issue. It's not like they don't have talent. They do. But again, I'm interested to see who would come in and take that job. And there's a lot of people that might step in and say, you know what, I would not have that job. But one possibility could be, what about Dan Quinn from the, uh, you know, from the defense according to Dallas Cowboys? What about Dan Quinn? Now, Dan Quinn had success with the Atlanta Falcons. He got Atlanta Falcons to a Super Bowl. I mean, he did that. Maybe Dan Quinn could be interested in fit. Yes, Dan Quinn's a defensive-minded coach. But again, yeah, but again, I think Dan can make the, Dan can make the right hire as his offensive coordinator, so much so that he, they can turn Justin Herbert. I mean, compared, they can turn some things around. They went out and got Kellen Moore. I figured Kellen Moore was going to help Justin Herbert you know, up his game that much more, but that did not happen. So for the Chargers moving forward, let's be honest with you. Yes, it's a talented team. Yes, there's a lot of people that would line up that would line up to coach the Chargers because of that talent. But is there anybody like the bottom line for the Chargers? Is there anybody out there that can get that can get this talent and take it to the next level? And again, with thirty million over the cap, there are gonna be some casualties. Somebody's gonna get cut, somebody's gonna get traded. And again, for Justin Herbert, you know, Keenan Allen's not getting you know, any younger. Mike Williams, you have to wonder, can you keep Mike, or, or you'll keep Mike Williams around, or do you get rid of Mike Williams and his contract because of injuries? I know Joshua Palmer's, you know, Joshua Palmer's still there, but again, it'll get to the point, at one point in time, is Keenan going to be that much longer? Mike Williams going to be that much longer? All Snackers going to be gone? If you, get rid of, if, you, if you get rid of those weapons, then you're going to take a step back and for Justin Herbert, you don't want you don't you don't you don't want a talented quarterback to take a step back. But to be honest with you, to get to the point now where Justin Herbert's going to wind up being like Andrew Luck, talented player, he's gonna get banged around too much. He always gonna retire what thirty maybe yeah, thirty years old, something like that. Yeah. I would certainly hope not. But again, you're gonna wind up wasting Justin Herbert's best years not producing. They did get in the playoffs last year, I give him that. But all that talent, they need to be a team that's consistently in the playoff every single year. And that's something that they need to be. But, moving forward, 
there's not a, there's not a, there's not a, uh, you know, NFL assistant coach that wouldn't mind stepping in and say, hey, you know what, you got you got a good young quarterback, you got some talent on the team. Heck, I'll take a chance. I'll step in, and I'll take that team over. Maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days, the Chargers will finally get the talent to produce like it's supposed to, and maybe they'll find a coach that can push him, that can push him over the top. Certainly, hope I hope next year's the beginning for the Chargers moving forward, and for the proverbial joke, you know. Tell them, you know, I can. Hey, I would not have an old job. Let me be the Chargers GM. Let me, yeah, let me run around and hire the right coach. Let me out. But again, that's not going to happen, right? That ain't going to happen. But again, it's interesting to see moving forward who is going to take this Chargers job. Now, a few weeks ago, we were kind of, we were people, a lot of experts were writing this team off. And saying, what is wrong with this team? Um, that was the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo has been, Buffalo had been struggling lately. Um, again, Buffalo is like every other team in the NFL. They've had their injuries. Worse on the defensive side of the ball than anything else, right? They've had that. Then you've had the, what, the Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, bickering in the offseason. And it's probably carried a little bit over, over into the regular season. But now all of a sudden, it seems like, you know, then again, they fire the uh, offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. But now all of a sudden, Joe Gray steps in. Josh Allen's game has picked up a little bit. All of a sudden, they found themselves a running game in James Cook. He went off this past weekend. Now, defensively, they've had some, you know, defensively, Sean McGarren's taken over play calling. Of course, there was a, there was a controversy over that, and let him and Leslie Frazier were kind of butting heads on the defensive play calling and that, and that's why Frazier's off is not no longer with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo had a lot of, uh, they had more talk about Super Bowl. I think they had less talk about Super Bowl in the offseason and more about what was going on behind the scenes and whatnot. But it appears, it appears all of a sudden that they have got a running game in James Cook. Again, that was one thing about the Buffalo Bills they sort of missed. They haven't had it in a, a long time as a running game. Not since when Thurman Thomas was certainly there. Now, I'm not going to make the comparison between James Cook and Thurman Thomas. I'm not going to do that. But, again, there are sort of some comparisons between these two. And this is what they expected when they drafted James Cook out of the University of Georgia. This is what they expected him to go and do this this past weekend. And he did that. It got so much other. Josh Allen threw for 95 yards. Wow. When was the last time, when was the last time that Josh Allen threw for under 100 yards, right? Yeah, that's kind of unheard of. And you have to wonder if Stephon Diggs was kind of seeing seen that. <laughs> but again, Buffalo is one. I mean, Buffalo beat up, beat up a pretty good Dallas Cowboy team. And of course, I know again, the Dallas Cowboys haters are sitting back and saying, see, I told you so. The Cowboys are frauds. But now the Buffalo Bills seem to be getting a little, a little bit more respect back to the point where people don't want to play him. There's experts already saying that they won't play the Buffalo to get to the playoffs. They don't play the Buffalo Bills. And I might not blame them. I mean, yes, I get it. You know, I get it. I get Josh Allen. He's kind of, a lot of people consider he's Brett Favre 2.0. Josh can sit back in some games, throw three touchdowns, run for one. But then there's all the games he might throw for three interceptions. Yeah. And then you're, you're scratching your head about, about him. You've got maybe a running game in James Cook. Maybe. The offensive line is not, not that bad. Again, you've got a pretty good receiver, Stephon Diggs, but again, Diggs and Allen 
at times not on the same par. But the number two receiver has been a big problem. Gabe Davis has not really produced. And they're still trying to find a consistent number two receiver. Dawson Knox is, is back. Him and Kincaid are a pretty good tight end. I mean, the offense is still, it can still produce. Make no mistake about it, they still can produce. And if they play anywhere like they can, if they played anywhere this past week, like they did against Dallas, that offense continues to go in the other direction. And where the running game continues to, continues to maybe balance out the passing attack, Buffalo's on to something. Now, defensively, I think Buffalo is going to miss a couple of key people this week. But again, defense has been the biggest, biggest thing in Buffalo. Injuries. Injuries have hurt the Buffalo, have hurt the Buffalo Bills this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, again, you know, again, you have to wonder. I mean, you really have to wonder. It would have been, a, it would have been a sad thing with the Buffalo Bills, and the thing the Buffalo Bills now is legit. They're not. Still, they're not playoff contenders yet. They're in, the, they're in the running for the playoff spot. But again, unlike most people. If they've got this thing straightened out, they're going to be a tough team to beat. If you look at it, could they beat Miami? To me, right now, I'm still giving Miami just the smallest of edge. Now, Baltimore. Baltimore's kind of a hard one to think. I'd still give Baltimore maybe the edge over Buffalo, not by much. But could they beat Cleveland? Yes. Could they beat Pittsburgh? Yes. If the Bengals made the playoffs, could they beat the Bengals? I think they have a chance to beat the Bengals. Now, Jacksonville, I still think they have a chance to beat Jacksonville. Do they have a chance to beat Texans? Yeah, I believe they do. Now, if Denver makes the playoffs, could they beat Denver? Yes, they could beat Denver. Kansas City. I'm not going to say it's not out the realm possibility they can beat Kansas City. But, I mean, right now, I'd be worried about the Rams. If the defense, if the defense can continue to play decent football, avoid any more injuries, and this late in the season, that's hard to kind of avoid by your injuries. But if the offense continues to progress and you continue to use that running game, then I'll tell you this, Buffalo's gonna be a tough team to beat to, to beat out there. And for that for that for that reason alone, I gotta give, you know, I gotta give Sean Dirk credit where it's due. I mean, he's kept this team afloat. This team could have been, you know, could have, you know, to be honest, this team could have, you know, just phoned it in by now. But again, this team can, continues to battle on, and they've had they've had a rough time of it. I mean, let's be honest with the last few years, they get to the playoffs, and they seem to come up short. I mean, let's be honest with you. A couple of years ago, they in Kansas City had a blockbuster game, but Kansas City won out again. Again, last year, they were scheduled to beat the tar of the Cincinnati Bengals, but it was the Bengals that beat them, which led to the you know Stephon Diggs blow up on the sidelines. Savon says, you know, hey, I want the ball more. Hey, if Burrow's got that much confidence in Jamar Chase going up for these, these passes, then Josh should have that much confidence in me as well. But then again, Josh has had both confidence in Sean McDermott and offense coordinator at the time, Kim Morrison, because he, he knows how he can beat those picks. Burrow certainly threw a lot less picks than Josh Allen last year, but that's Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I believe Josh, but then he did leave the NFL turnovers and making the ball break second, but he's still up there. But again, the biggest thing with Josh Stone is his running game. Can he get a running game? Can Buffalo get a running game? And again, if James Cook plays like he did this past week against Dallas, he can play that for the rest of the year, and maybe get to the playoffs, 
maybe, yeah, maybe you take, you take the pressure off of John Shelley. And I'm sure that's what the Buffalo Bills want to do. And that's what Joe Barry wants to take, take pressure off of John Shelley. Yes, Josh can still throw the football. Yes, I understand that. Because that's what's kind of gotten, gotten to the playoffs the last few years is Josh Allen's arm. And it's, yeah, again, there might be times where he makes his mistakes, absolutely. But again, you have to take, I guess, the bad with the good, buddy. I mean, for years, Packers took the bad with the good with Brett Favre. Yeah, because Brett could put four touchdown passes and turn around next week and throw four interceptions. But again, that's what he did with the bad with the good. And Buffalo, for the last few years, Buffalo's had a solid defense. But this year has been tested because of, you know, because of injuries. Again, like I said before, they're, they're going to lose their own balls. A couple more players to, you know, injuries, injuries already. I think they've lost a couple more players, so you have to wonder how much longer can the defense stay together. If they can't stay together, then it's going to put a lot more pressure on Josh Allen and that offense. And again, could it be a mistake in the long run? Yes, it could be a mistake. Not saying that Josh Allen can't keep up. Because to be honest with you, to me right now, Buffalo might have a more potent offense than Kansas City Chiefs and Suns are right now. That may become a hard thing to say, but they got Stephon Diggs. Can't say they don't have a Stephon Diggs. They might have a problem with Travis Kelsey. They don't have that number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. You look, you look at Miami, well, you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You got that. Let's be honest with you. You look around, I mean, you look around. To me, the Ravens, I would concern them. We're going to have the Jacob Lights here, Cleveland. They had their home Cooper. With Pittsburgh, yeah, there's Deontay Johnson. Yes, there's George Pickens. And for the Bengals, you got like Higgins and Jamar Chase. But I'll say this much Buffalo, and I'm sure Buffalo probably fair to beat the Chargers this week after after getting beat up on by the Chargers, by the Raiders. But again, for the Chargers, don't discount the Chargers. I mean, there's a lot of teams, a lot of teams. Can get ticked off and you get beat 63 or 21. Yeah, you're probably going to be ticked off a little bit to the point where you don't want to feel like you're embarrassed anymore. John Trout and you might actually beat up on this team. And I'm not going to discount the Chargers might be one of those. And I think the Chargers could win those teams that, will, that are going to um, take in down there. I got to say that are going to sit there, sit there and give everything they got this week. But moving forward, for the the Buffalo Bills, yes. As long as the Bills continue, as long as the James Cook continues to play the way he played this past week for the rest of the season, Buffalo are going to be interesting to you. I don't know Josh Allen. I think the biggest thing right now is the defense. Can the defense get healthy? I mean, will it ever get healthy? If it doesn't, Buffalo, I would still give Buffalo a chance to win one playoff game, but I don't think I'd give them a chance to get the AFC Championship game. And I don't know if I'd give them a chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I last year, I had Buffalo at very high. I think I had Buffalo in the Super Bowl last year because I thought they had that. I thought they were capable of doing that. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see as time goes on. Is this team, yeah. can Buffalo be a dangerous team? Makes, makes plans. Can it be a dangerous team? Yes, it can be a dangerous team. But we'll see. Buffalo and your teams that might make playoffs. Yeah, look at the Buffalo Bills. They've got a running game now. The offense could be more balanced. If it's a balanced offense, 
defense facility is safe and stay healthy. And again, Buffalo Bills don't come out. It's not a chance to make to make one of those runs. And for the last for the last segment, I want to kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. We talk about the we talk about we always talk about the pros. Let's jump in. Let's talk, talk about college football. And I'm sure I've talked about this subject probably. It's been a while since I've talked about this subject. Is the uh, transfer port porthole? Basically, what that is, I guess, is a college version of the free of, of the free agency, right? Now, and there's a lot of. Uh, College football coaches have come out and do do not like this transfer portal. And I gotta be honest with you, I kind of agree with some of them. I mean, it's kind of set back in heart to to fandom that um, fandom that if you know you you play fairly well for a team, your college your college program last season, and let's say your head football coach leaves and you and he goes to another university. And then you know what? I gotta follow my coach at university. Again, it's it's hard for me to hard for me to understand. And again, and again, any I'm gonna say any average student. I'm not gonna even talk about the college athlete. Any average student does four years. Now, if you're an athlete, some people might do two, three years, and then go off to the pros. And nowadays, it's not like you don't have to go off to the pros really anymore. You can, I mean, some people still do, but you don't have to go to the pros anymore. If you don't like the program is doing, you know what, if you don't like, if you don't like, if you don't like, let's say, what uh, Jim Harbaugh in University of Michigan is doing, you know what, let me, let me go over to uh, Southern Cal and I'm going to go play for Lincoln Riley because I like the way he runs his offensive system. No. And to me, again, that's, it's, it's kind of like the free agency. And to me, that is certainly ruined as ruined. College, it's more college football. Now, I mean, I can see if you play two years, you feel like you're ready for the pros. That's kind of a different subject for a different matter. But it's just this this, this free agent portal thing. That's why, I mean, that's what it is. This college football thing has certainly been bad for college football. I mean, can you imagine if Peyton Manning didn't like the way something was going on in the University of, Te- University of Tennessee? Can you imagine? You know what? I don't like this. You know what? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to my dad's old old lot at Ole Miss. In Ole Miss. I'm gonna see what I can do for them. And you can imagine all the great players that play. Can you? Yeah. Can you? Can you imagine if Tim Tebow didn't like Urban Meyer? If he didn't like Urban Meyer, you know what? I like what Urban's doing. So screw him. I'm you know I'm going to Ohio State. Can you? Can you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine how things were what it turned out for the. Uh, yeah, from the old world of all college, of college football, Florida might have, Florida might not might have had not had a successful run if it did. It's you know it's it's kind of one thing when a head football coach gets a better opportunity, if yeah if you do a, a fine job at you know Division two school and let's say a Texas man comes comes a call at you and you say well yeah I'm gonna jump yeah I'm gonna yeah. Because I'll make more money, I'm better for my family. I get that, and you understand. I understand that. But the problem is, the problem is for college athletes. If you make a commitment to that one university, you need to stick with your commitment. No matter if your head football coach leaves, I don't care if the offensive coordinator leaves and gets a job as head football coach somewhere else, or if they have a different philosophy. That's the problem. That 
again, this is not the pros, guys. Now, I know we're going to talk about that. They don't want you to pay college athletes. And again, you want to pay college, again, they talk about paying college athletes now. And again, and what it is, the NCAA has come out to be a, let's say, a minor league system, so to speak, in a way of, you know, of the pro bowl. Think about it. You've got the college, you've got the college portal, free agency, right? Now, Grant, Grant, you can't give the college athlete the uh, $400 million contract. You can't do that. But it's become, it's become like the minor leagues. And again, it kind of prepares you for what lies ahead in the pros if you're good enough and if you make the pros. If you make a, you know, make the team. But again, for me, that's something I just don't quite understand. I mean, you got you got you've had teams and you got people now that are already jumping. You've already got people jumping. Was it Riley Leonard? I believe University of Duke had a pretty decent year last year. Now, granted, he got hurt, but now he's jumping to Notre to Notre Dame. And I believe the starting quarterback of Ohio State Buckeyes last year, where he's going to, I think, is Syracuse. I believe University of Syracuse. Now, to me. You go from Ohio State to Syracuse. Some say it might be a drop back now from Duke to Notre Dame. Some feel like it could be a step up. And then again, Notre Dame slipped a little last year, and Duke actually played pretty decent. You know, didn't play too badly. But again, that's that's kind of the way. That's that's the way. That's the way things. Of course, you know, you've had guys that have gone from what Clemson to Oregon State and played pretty well for Oregon State. Again. But again, that's that's the way that's that's the way college football is now. College football is becoming minor leagues, minor leagues of a pro football. Now they're giving they're giving these college athletes a chance to pretty much do whatever they want, wherever they want. If they don't like, if like I said, they don't like a certain offensive system, they're going somewhere else. If a wide receiver feels he's not going to get the football that much, then I got to go to I got to go to an offense that's going to pass the ball an awful lot. If you if you're a uh, an outside linebacker, and you don't like the play calling from your defensive coordinator, you go somewhere else and say, well, I think that university will use my skills more so than they will. And again, that's been, that's been, but again, that's what happened, that's what's happened nowadays. And again, it's not good for, it's not good. It's one thing if you want to pay the athlete, you know, you, if you let the athlete do Local commercials, you know, local commercials is one thing. Get paid a little bit of money. That's one thing. But now this portal thing is really going, it's going great. It's going, it's going completely out there. And again, I just don't think it's right for college football. Again, you can imagine if you had guys, can you imagine if, um, let's say if you went all the way back to, let's say, if, can you imagine guys like Bear Bryant putting up with the, um, <laughs> the college portal thing? I think that's right. Yeah, I don't see that flying. I don't see that flying. Well, if, if he was, if, if he was coaching nowadays, Barry Bryant, I can't see Barry Bryant would just shake his would just shake his head. We're probably rolling his grave. You know, I'm sure a lot of these great college football coaches would roll in their graves or you know shake their heads. Can you imagine guys like Barry Switzer or Tom Osborne, you know, going going through going through this nowadays? Now, to be honest with you, I really can't. But again, that's the way that's the way the world is now. Is is this college football the free agency, if you if you will? And it's ruined it. And again, this will continue to ruin college football. 
Maintenance, whether college will ever fix this or not, I don't mind. I don't see them fixing it anytime soon, or they don't fix it anytime or anytime soon. But that's all they have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.